Vancouver Tech Podcast. My name is James. And I'm Drew Grizzik. How's it going, Drew? It's going great, James. How you doing? Good. Pretty good. All right. We've had a really exciting week, I think, this past week in tech in the Vancouver area. I had a a busy week in terms of just work, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, and then trying to get things done in the evenings, which is always frustrating. Do you have a, 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 a trick or maybe some some way to like keep yourself working throughout the day even though you worked like a full day earlier and then working again at night do you have any way to like get over that yeah actually um something that i haven't been doing a lot lately that i used to do a lot um that i think i should probably get back into um it's something it's like an age-old adage that is really simple and i think it's something people used to say a lot before um a company stole the stole it as their kind of trademark thing Mm -hmm. just do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) right uh but yeah i used to um I had a time where I was really, really busy. Uh, I was also like in college and working mm-hmm. uh, full time as well. Uh, and I used to have this thing, which was just kind of like a mantra, I'd say, which is if you want it uh, or you have to want it, you have to really, really want it. And I want it. I really, really want it. <laughs> and then just like push yourself to do it. And I found with like a lot of things, and you probably found this too. Um, you know, when I was like a teenager, I used to really like drawing. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes I'd really feel like drawing and then yeah. I'd draw and I'd spend like a couple hours drawing. And sometimes I wouldn't feel like drawing at all. Mm. But I found that those times when I wouldn't feel like drawing at all, like especially if I had a schedule mm. uh, and I, I'd go to like um, some private classes in the evenings and stuff and life drawing, whatever. And if I really didn't feel like drawing and I pushed myself to, you know, it'd be like 10 minutes or so. And then I'd actually really get into it and hit that zone. So it was like almost like a spool up that needed to happen. Or I like guess, some sort yeah. of like, like hurdle the, to get over. And then once you got over it, you're fine. You're smooth. Sure. I guess the, the point is that um, if you wait till you feel like doing something rather than push yourself to do something, right. um, there's a big difference there and you might be missing a lot of opportunities. So I think that's one thing. Uh, you have to decide whether you want it or not. Right. Do you want yeah. to do that or not? And if you do, then yeah. push yourself to do it. <laughs> I think and, the problem is like you never I think it's like when it's like a chore, you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I just know I need to do it. Well, it's the way you're thinking about yeah. it, too, that might be psyching yourself out. Like, yeah, maybe. as an example, um, dishes. Right. You know, uh, how do you feel about dishes? Um, I'm indifferent to dishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I don't mind sometimes. But then when it piles up, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> so there's a the whole thing. Dishes piling up. Right. Yeah. That never happens to me. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you why in my six ninety nine infomercial at 11. No, just yeah. kidding. But yeah, and so I never actually have a problem of dishes piling up. Sure. And simply because I always just do my dishes because it yeah. bugs me so much. Um, I, I set it up in my mind, I guess, to say I don't mind doing dishes, but I hate having dishes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So if I see a dish, I just want to clean it. Boom, clean it, put it away. So when I was a single man, that was not a problem. <laughs> but when you live with someone else, it sometimes can be tough to uh Hey, I hear you. To I, wrangle. I, <laughs> so, I hear you. Yeah. But that can be um that can be something you can rub in somebody else's face. Yeah, exactly. I always do the dishes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that one of the things like I used to have that anxiety with like writing like if I knew I needed to write a long email or like mm-hmm. write a story or write some sort of document, mm-hmm. I used to find it so hard to start. And, and for something like writing, I switched to what you're what you're talking about of just do it, like just Ooh. start, like yeah, start. Yeah. And if it's terrible, you just rewrite it and you keep rewriting it and rewriting it until you get it to the way you want. Mm-hmm. I found that that's easy with writing. When I have something like a project that has like a state and I need to remember where I left off, where I'm starting, like if I came back to it later, that always seems more difficult than like starting something new. Because I just, I, I feel like starting from the beginning you kind of just have to start. There's somewhere you need to start. But if you're starting from the middle, that feels a little bit harder, at least from like a, you know. I definitely relate to that. Yeah, yeah. of course. I mean, if you already have something, you have to get your whole mind back into yeah. it, right? Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. I don't know if there's like 
uh, if maybe writing a little bit more modularly is a thing there, even because you still have to look mm -hmm. at like how that module fits into everything yeah. else and what you're trying to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think getting back into the groove of things, but same principle applies, I think. And I think so many things are really um, just in your mind, mm -hmm. right? So you have people that are always complaining and always say, oh, it sucks. It's Monday morning. There's nothing good about it. Yeah. Um, and then you have people that are like, awesome. It's Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like everywhere in yeah. between, I think. And yeah. I think all of that is just really, it, it simply boils down to a choice that we make. You know, how do I want to be? And how do I want to present myself? Mm -hmm. And how do I want to think about things? For me, um, I tend to prefer the, you know, the happy part of it because I, I, I like that. Yeah, I yeah, I would like agree. I would agree for sure. I'd always approach it as, you know, this is this could be a lot worse. This mm -hmm. could be a lot worse. So don't be so sad. <laughs> yeah. You know, it could be way worse. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, so any interesting projects that you're working on or anything like that this week? Um, not necessarily. A lot of uh, management stuff um, in terms of like planning or just like, actually, I've been doing a lot of AWS stuff lately, um, working with Ansible to try to get their, our project uh, creation, like boilerplate up and running. So I created an AMI. I wrote like a Ansible um, role for just booting up an EC2 and assigning all the instance stuff. Because one of the things that we want to do is is keep every instance in its own VPC. And so whenever you do that, you have to, like, whenever you boot the instance, you have to make sure that there's a VPC there already. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, this this convoluted step that you need, this dancing you need to do from start to finish from creating the VPC. Then the security group, the security group has a, a router. The router has an internet gateway. So you have to create all these little pieces and then make sure they're in the right order and then attach those to the EC2 when you're done. So like getting that dance in correct was yeah. a bit was a bit tough, but I finally got it. Now it's now it's super smooth. It takes like uh, I think maybe like a minute to go from nothing to like a whole stack completed, mm -hmm. including all the groups, including your keys are in there and everything. And it's it's pretty awesome because you just hit one command, press enter, and it just goes and creates an EC2 and returns everything you need. Yeah, it's that's nice. it's pretty nice to have yeah. things automated, isn't it? That's yeah. like I think one of the uh, one of the most rewarding things of our job is like just to be able to sit back and see things work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when oh. they do work. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while to get there, but yeah, then when okay. you do, it's like so that's so. It's so great just to like hit that button and it's uh -huh. just one button. <laughs> it's like the yeah. greatest thing ever. But yeah. What about yourself? Um, so I, I actually, I thought I was really late to the game, um, but I got uh, Pokemon Go. Oh, Pokemon yeah? Pokemon Go. Um, yeah, I've been playing that a little bit and uh, I, I just looked it up and I realized the release date was July 6th. So maybe not that late to the yeah. game. Uh, but And this is like, you know, I think it's experienced um, really explosive growth. Uh, and they weren't expecting that. I heard much that growth. there's like 20 million active users. Yeah, I heard like... they had like more, um, more uh, use, more usage than Twitter in less than a week. Yeah, exactly. Being active. That's just and nuts. Had you ever played um, Ingress? Uh, no, no. I, I do remember when it came out though, and it was like a popular thing. I don't think quite as popular, but it was. People are making that uh, comparison between Pokemon Go and Ingress, right? Well, it's the same company, and it's actually oh. uh, all the map points are the Ingress uh, points oh, already. So that's okay. if you're wondering why you know you it download feels familiar. the game, yeah. <laughs> um, not through the the Play Store or the iTunes, whatever, and you're um, and and you've got actual points in Canada. Where did yeah. they come from? Um, so I remember actually Adam. Uh, the day that I met him was the first day that I'd heard of Ingress, and it was at the Google Cloud Roadshow. Some people were talking mm. about it. Um, and then he started playing it and kind of got everyone to active, stayed into it. I played it a little bit and I thought it was pretty lame. No, oh, really? Know, well, no, yeah, I, Pokemon, kinda, right? I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> um, Pokemon, I kind of like because it's like, it's kind of fun and it's cute. And it feels also, nostalgic too. 
Yeah, and it's also uh, a bit of like some augmented reality, so you can actually yeah. see. You know, it uses your camera, and you can see where you're at, yeah. and you see like Pokemon. Um, Pokemon's there, and so that's pretty cool. Lisa's first Pokemon was Pikachu. Whoa, that yeah. the much coveted. Well, Pikachu. she figured out a way to get it, um, yeah. which is so if you make a new account and you log in, um, if you ignore. Uh, so there's going to be, uh, some Pokemon around you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't grab them, mm -hmm. so you ignore them, I think, uh, five, the first five, then the next one's going to be Pikachu. So if you're oh. interested and you want to get Pikachu, that's how, you that's think, one way. You think that they'd give you the, 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 like that three choice. Remember in the beginning of each game, you had uh -huh. the choice between the three of them. <laughs> like how come they didn't do that? Like Bulbasaur, Charizard, Charmander, and, uh, -huh. uh Squirtle. Yeah. How can they don't do that? That's weird. I don't know. Like I'm still figuring out the game. Um and I've gone to a couple of the, the local gyms. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the the Pokemon there are just too high level for me at the moment. So Yeah. I, so there's gonna be some really confused jocks hearing these guys like saying, Oh, hitting the gym this weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <was> like, what? <laughs> I don't think so, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was that was that for uh for my week. But cool. Let's hop into Meetups around town. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I think the summer's really in high gear. We're seeing a bunch of different events, or maybe more. Cons I feel like the events are more consistent. You see a lot of recurring events every week. Well, um, we've got our staple events, I think, for sure, and then we've got you know these one-off events. A lot of places have said, um, "Okay, that's it for the summer," and then we'll see you back in September. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you know uh, attendance is kind of hit or miss in the summer. Mm -hmm. These this summer so far hasn't had the best weather, so it's not really a toss-up of you know, should I go paddleboarding or should I go to a meetup? It's yeah. like, it's raining. <laughs> yeah, it's raining. But and it's we'll, been raining we'll all day. We'll see how that goes. So did you end up uh, going out to anything last week? Uh, unless you count the Gastown Grand Prix, then no. Uh, okay, I don't know if I'll <laughs> count that or not. So I didn't get to anything either. Um, tell us about the Gastown Grand Prix. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a yearly event for if you work in Gastown or you visited Gastown on Wednesday evening, you notice that the entire street is blocked off. There's like haystacks and fences all over the place. And there's a bunch of people in bicycle shorts on bicycles racing around the block. And that's the Gastown Grand Prix. So that sounds it's a bike cool. race. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So I didn't really get to anything. I think the uh, the couple of things that I really wanted to get to that I didn't were, um, uh, I think, Tuesday and Wednesday. So Tuesday, I really wanted to get to the uh, the Van Bug, the mm -hmm. BSD meetup yeah the certification which, one yeah i didn't get to um and uh i really wanted to but i got really busy with work and the other one was i really wanted to go to that one at open dns there was mm -hmm. a unity workshop um for i think they were just building out like an asteroid game um but that would have been pretty cool because i haven't played around with unity and it's something um i guess when i first got into program into programming mm -hmm. i was like yeah i really want to make games yeah. Um, and then as I got into programming, I was like, wow, this is fun. This is like a game, kind of like figuring yeah. out and solving problems. And then a lot of games became pretty boring. So, um, of course, Pokemon Go is awesome. But... I'd, like to see, I'd like to see a survey of how many programmers started out wanting to make a game. Yeah. It seems like a really common thing because I was sort of the same way. Like, oh, I can make a little game out of this. Like, yeah. I, can use, I can build a game. And then not actually doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Then I'm like, oh, building games is hard. <laughs> like, let's move on to web applications. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's just that it's hard or not. It's a, I don't know if that, that's the most interesting problems to solve. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of the times with games, a lot of that is, uh, like, there's so many people involved, I think, yeah. in designing the game or, like, the level design might have yeah. been pretty cool. I remember um, back in the day using, I think it was called Hammer. It was Valve's uh, tool for building maps for... Uh, 
for Counter-Strike. Oh, yeah? I remember spending a lot of time on that, like building yeah. out maps. And that was a lot of fun. But uh-huh. it was like, that was honestly, I think, the biggest time sink of anything I've ever had where you'd sit down and... Uh, you know, you're like, oh, I just spent an hour, and you look at the time, and it was 16 hours just went oh, by. Oh yikes! Like, I think that it seems like Counter Strike <laughs> has that effect on everyone that plays it. It just not Counter Strike. I mean, like the the oh, level yeah, builder. the level editor. Yeah. But it seems like that whole universe, whether it's playing the game or building levels or building mods, it seems Maybe. like people get sucked into this vortex. Well, for sure. I mean, like, there's a lot of games that really suck you in, yeah. like that, but not le- not to that extent from what I've seen. Anyway, well, they have staying friends. power. That game is now what? Oh, for eight, sure. 16 years old, maybe. Yeah, there's been yeah. a lot of upgrades, but yeah, it has yeah. been. Uh, gone through quite a yeah. quite an evolution. Um, yeah, cool. I think from nineties, maybe twenty years old. Maybe yeah, pretty close. I'm not sure when it came out. Anyway, uh, yeah. let's look at the the upcoming week. So we got um, Monday the eighteenth. We're starting out at four p.m. with uh, uh, Get Help in Zero Tech. That's mm-hmm. over at D Central. Make sure to bring your laptop. So if you're interested in Git, if you're an expert at Git, or if you're not, if you're a beginner at Git, this would be a good meetup to go to. Uh, if you're interested in zero tech and what that's all about, um, and want to talk to some people who are practicing it, then that'd be interesting uh, to go to. It. There's also a note in the description here that they're going to talk about build versus buy approach. Mm-hmm. So that would be, do I build it or do I buy it? Which is, I think is a tough decision that a lot of people try, sort of struggle with. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, and I guess even like the build or buy or just grab something that's open source as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, build, buy, or steal. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of interesting. I guess it really depends on what it is and how you want it to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, we've got BrainStation Vancouver has something coming up at 6 to 8. What's going on at that's, BrainStation? That's the Intro to User Experience Design Workshop. Okay. And this is a $15 workshop. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually thinking, you know what? Um, this is It's kind of weird. Like, should we be talking about here's this coming up? This is a paid thing or not? What do you think? Uh, I don't mind so much um, when it's... It depends on, I think it depends on what the price is sometimes. Like if it's, if it's a two hour thing and it's $200, well, it's like, you might think, okay, well, what, what would they, what's the benefit of us talking about it? Mm-hmm. But then again, you know, our job or our role here or the show is about talking about these events. So I think to leave them out for any particular reason, I don't think money should be one of them. Yeah, I guess it's true. Like a lot of events have, um, like Hackernest has the uh, suggested donations, mm-hmm. suggestion of $10. Uh, and the Tech Vancouver has like a $10 or $12 cover. Yeah. Um, and so this is like a $15 cover, um, but it's an intro and, and it's a workshop. So if you're interested in user experience design, it might be interesting to go to. I think maybe we should go to one of these sometime mm-hmm. and, and actually see what it's like. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be kind of neat. Um, all right. And then, uh, so it looks like the Generate Tech Group Meetup, it does seem to be weekly as well at 7 p.m. to 9.15 over at the Edge, which is 412-289 Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is talking about, I don't know if it's still too late to get into it. This is their uh, seventh meeting about this active interface uh, or interactive inter- active interface, the world's first active interface. Mm-hmm. So if you've been to this, if you know about this, let us know. Otherwise, uh, one of us is going to have to go out to it sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Monday at 7 p.m. <laughs> I'd definitely bring my computer, although uh, I'm not sure what the, what happens at the meetup. Yeah, I agree. Cool. And then Open Coffee. Yeah, this is Tuesday the 19th. We have Open Coffee. This is over at Nelson the Seagull, uh, 3.15 in the morning at 8 a.m. Tuesday morning. Yeah, I'm actually going to try to make it out to this because I actually pass by this on mm-hmm. my way to work, but I'm always around, that's around like 8.50. I'm passing by, so maybe I'll leave a little so bit earlier. if you earlier. get up a little bit early, you can hop in there yeah. and grab yourself a coffee, say hi, and see how it is. Cool. Yeah, I don't, uh, honestly, I don't think I'm going to make it out just because it's opposite direction. totally the opposite <laughs> direction for me, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I could, and I, maybe I should, but I think sometime, um, maybe sometime this year, maybe sometime next year, we're going to end up outgrowing our space and have to move. So yeah. maybe that would be a time to make it out there. Um, so then there's a lunch and learn happening over at BrainStation. And this is all about, uh, I think, lunch and learn importance of email marketing. Uh, and it says Hootsuite. So it looks like meet Christy, email marketing strategist at Hootsuite for a lunch and learn in Yaletown. Yeah. So this one as well, there is a, uh, a ticket to purchase and it's also $15. Um, it looks like it might be pretty fun. Yeah, cool. Then we have the Vancouver Azure Group with the Azure Machine Learning Challenge. Yeah, this looks really cool to me. Uh, I'm quite interested in it. This is over at Build Direct 401 West Georgia from 6 p.m. And um, have you used Azure much? Only a little bit. Um, I used it on one project, and I actually played with their... Um, I can't remember exactly what the, the combination of words is, but it was their sort of machine learning um, data analytics tool which yep. was like the co- cognitive services i think it was called mm-hmm. so you could send it some text and it would send you back results based on whatever api you're using but you need to build up an instance first which i thought was kind of funny but um yeah definitely like azure has a ton of these like micro services that are geared towards machine learning and analytics and data science type stuff so it'd definitely be cool to check it out there's a couple of things that i like about this one is that this is a um it says right in it hands-on lab uh, yeah. Azure Machine Learning Challenge. Sounds awesome. Um, hmm. I'm also really interested these days in Azure. Uh, so we've actually, we've been talking a little bit to Jeff King. Um, and I think we're going to get him on the show probably in a couple of months from now. He said he was pretty busy. I met with him last week. Sure. But we're interested. Uh, one of the reasons um, we reached out to him uh, was to just kind of see what we could get, you know, as a startup um, for cloud services. I mean, we're paying quite a bit on AWS. It's not mm. tons and tons, but I mean, um, it is uh, like 3500 a month or whatever yeah. that we're paying um, as a startup, we feel it. And so yeah. um, looking at something like Azure, where looking at the biz park, you can sign up for that yeah. and you get like $750 a month in Azure credits. Yeah. Uh, and then you can also get um, like Visual Studio license for up to like five of your team members, things like that. And it looks really cool. So we're, we're at least checking that out maybe as a, a failover cloud or, and also for me, for um, just for pure interest, just yeah, to sure. get used to like another, uh, another cloud infrastructure yeah. uh, and to have another point of comparison. Well, I mean, when we went to the, uh, when we went to the open data transit thing, there was a Microsoft guy there and they were talking mm-hmm. about giving startups three years of free, of a yeah. free, instance or whatever they call their well i think that it's something like up to 750 depending on the size yeah you can kind of go from there i think you had to be like post 50 million or something pre 50 million in funding or something they had some some requirement but it also says bring your laptop and also make sure you have a microsoft account yeah so so i think this should be a lot of fun and i think if you're in this case like uh azure machine learning challenge and i'm not sure if i'm reading too much into this but let's imagine you are a startup and you're building something out and you have all this data coming in and you want some sort of machine learning over that to say you know uh maybe i want to give my my user base suggestions or recommendations for Mm -hmm. something well this might be that hands-on lab to help kickstart your your way toward doing that yeah i'm I'm hoping to make it out to that for sure yeah that'd be really cool um yeah seems like a lot of fun and then uh, we have the Closure Hack Night, also at the same time, 6 p.m. over at CodeCore. Definitely bring your laptop if you're in a closure. If you have something to hack on, make mm-hmm. that to that. They changed their description. It used to just say Hack Night, period. But now it just says Hack Away. So Hack Night, period. Now it says Hack Away. Hack Away. That's pretty awesome. I like, I like the Hack Away. Cool. Now Wednesday. So, yeah, Wednesday the 20th. Um, so we're starting out here. From 4 p.m., we've got the Vancouver International Tech Talent Meetup. So this was an interesting post. 
This is happening over at Red Academy, uh, 200, what is it, 1490 West Broadway. Yep. And this is the ha- uh, Van Hack Fest. What's the Van Hack Fest all about? So yep. brought to our friend Ilya Brodsky, brought by our friend Ilya Brodsky. The Van Hack Fest is sort of a meetup, I guess, slash recruiting thing or like training thing. It teaches you how to get a job in Canada. So if you're new here or you know someone that's new here, it'd be good to point them in this direction. Uh, Ilya is obviously part of Van Hack. He's been on the show. So if you want to learn more about Van Hack, you should definitely listen to that episode. Yeah. I wonder if you're, um, even if you're just new to Vancouver, it might be an interesting thing to go out to, but yeah, absolutely. Cool. cool. And then we have the Vancouver Linux desktop meetup. So from 4.30 to 6.30, definitely bring your laptop or your device. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't know if this would be the meetup to bring your, your phone and say, I want to get Ubuntu phone installed on it, but I bet you there'd be some geeks there that would love to help you out with it. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. Or maybe, you know, you just inherited a MacBook. You're like, I don't like Mac. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I need to get Linux on this. As Adam says, a freedom hater pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. this would be an interesting place to go. Um, it might be, might be pretty fun to check out. Yeah. Uh, so then we have from 5.30 to 6.30, we have the Pluralsight study group. Uh, definitely bring your laptop and your Pluralsight login. Do you know what they're studying? Are they still on the WebGL? No, they moved on to implementing feature toggles in .NET. Oh, that's pretty interesting, yeah. You ever uh, done a feature toggle? Yeah. Uh, there's some interesting discussion on that. You know, like, um, I think sometimes it's a good way to, to uh, yeah, implementing feature toggles is a good way to kind of roll out uh, incrementally yeah. uh, some of your code. And sometimes I've heard some arguments for just, you know, for a lot of the... Um, continuous deployments mm-hmm. um, to always have your, your code or um, up to date. So whatever you're working on, continuously be deploying that, but have it toggled off. And I've heard some arguments against that as well. The feature um, toggle stuff? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, like, like feature, uh, yeah. feature branches versus feature toggles. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, although that seems like a much older argument than, mm-hmm. than we hear today with um, kind of continuous integration and deployments being a regular thing. Uh, and even things like A-B testing and just having like, right. some of your users opt in. Um, I think feature toggles make a lot of sense in, in the right conditions, and a lot of those right conditions seem to be around in a lot of modern applications. Sure, what absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've tried doing the feature toggle thing. I think it makes sense for small stuff. Like I, I literally had a project that one of the first ones I worked on uh, at Invoke, mm-hmm. um, there was a video player, and I put that behind an environment variable. So if I just turn toggle this environment variable, it'll show the video player load all the JavaScript in the view mm-hmm. versus like it it's still there and it's there in the code. And because it was in the design like a month ago, mm-hmm. I did it right right then. And then now in the future, when the time finally comes to enable it, that'll be pretty easy. It'll take a few seconds and I'll push the latest code and that's it. And I guess like a nice a nice advantage of that is you're going to know that it might just work. Um, yeah. A disadvantage is it may introduce some bugs while you have it that are really hard to tell and yeah. detect that that's the reason why. That's exactly what I was going to say. So yeah. I turned this thing on, but the thing is I've been working on this thing on and off for a month still mm-hmm. while this feature's been sitting there sort of locked in and solidified. Mm-hmm. Like what if my work on everything around that feature <laughs> affects the feature itself? Oh, yeah. Then the feature toggle just seems like, you know, maybe... Just a waste of time, maybe, <laughs> but uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm always to experiment, but I like feature branching. It makes the most sense to me. Yeah. So anyway, this looks like uh, implementing feature toggles in .NET. Uh, looks like a pretty interesting um, thing to be working on. And make sure to bring your laptop again and your hmm. uh, your Pluralsight uh, account for that. Cool. Then we have the Elm user group. Yeah, this looks really awesome. Um, I. I'm not a big JavaScript person, but Elm looks pretty exciting. I don't know if you even viewed their their homepage. I heard people talking about it a lot, yeah. and I think uh, 
I think actually at the Haskell meetup, there was some talk about Elm as well, just because it's kind of like a Haskell-like syntax. I yeah. Think. Um, and this is Elm Meet and Hack. And I really like the theme of this as well. I don't know if you read through it, but it basically says, you know, we felt like uh, the best way to learn something is to get your hands dirty with it. Uh, so let's hack mm. away on some Elm stuff. Yeah. And I think this is like some really like-minded people, with myself at least, you know, just grab something and let's hack on it and let's work together and, and be social about it. Sounds really cool. Um, I wish I had time to attend a lot more meetups, but this would be one I'd like to check out. Uh, on the other hand, since I don't really do anything in JavaScript, um, I might have to pass it up. But it's at 6 p.m. over at Suite 300, uh, 225 West 8th. Bring a laptop if you got it. If you don't, maybe uh, just be ready to pair up with someone else. Yeah. But preferably bring a laptop. Cool. Yeah. All right. We also have the lane. All right. We also have the Learn Data Science Meetup. Yeah, so this is the uh, the reading group, I believe, yep. and this is over at uh, SFU Venture Labs Harbor Center, 555 West Hastings, Suite uh, 1200, um, and the paper this time is uh, Predicting Points and Valuing Decisions in Real Time with NBA Optical Tracking Data. Whew. Okay. Yeah, so they always have a link to the paper in the description, which is the one that Drew just talked about, so you, uh, make sure you read that before you go to this meetup. Yeah. And it should be a lot of fun. So something actually I didn't realize about the um, uh, SFU over at Harbor Center and mm -hmm. getting rooms there, like the Van Bug has it uh, booked out, is um, so they don't have an internet. They don't have internet access for the Van Bug, which really sucked for me because I had all my instances on uh, on AWS. So you and couldn't so, connect to them. <laughs> yeah, uh, but apparently um, they're charging something like ninety dollars per session if you want to have internet access in in the room and so if you have like five people meeting in a room for something um 90 bucks for for internet access mm -hmm. i think it's just unrealistic and it's, yeah i think it's ridiculous frankly um and i think they should be ashamed of themselves especially so when like i'm uh, really glad i didn't go to sfu what is it blends that's across the street yeah. or whatever or there's even this tim hortons right there that has wi-fi too i mean yeah um, <laughs> and there's be... some places there there are some rooms there where you can connect to uh shaw open but mm -hmm. i think if anybody has uh, a space in the downtown core that they'd like to have the uh the bsd users group in uh maybe they identify it with that for some reason then maybe reach out uh to myself or to shawl uh on the bsd uh, users group and let us know cool. somewhere hopefully locally in the downtown core that has internet access that wouldn't mind people meeting from 7 p.m on tuesdays till about 9 p.m cool all right then we have thursday coming up with the ddd cqrs es practitioners meetup yeah so this is uh one of my favorite meetups i think that i haven't been to for the past couple of weeks just because i've been really busy but 4 30 p.m it starts a little bit early definitely worth leaving work a little bit early to do some things that are probably what you should be doing at work and you might not be anyway. Um, and so I think DDD, CQRS, ES Practitioners is an amazing group. Something I read uh, recently, or not read, something I was listening to the um, one of the recent uh, Bike Shed podcasts mm -hmm. and they had, uh, this was from, I think from RailsConf, they recorded it live and then they finally published it like last week or something. Yep. And they did a... Uh, an interview, they had a special guest, Sandy Metz, mm -hmm. and she was talking about a lot of things. And one of the things that came up was just like that domain language. Like if you have, you know, if people are calling something orders and you have it called something different in your code and something different in this yeah. other piece of code and you have this kind of tech talk behind the scenes, that that's not helpful for anyone. That's just causing every time you talk about something uh, between two people, you have to clarify it. Yeah. It, it just causes just confusion. confusion. Yeah. And uh, uh, just keeping like a domain language all across the board is super helpful. 
Uh, and so one of the things, that's one of the things that the DDD uh, CPRS ES Practitioners Meetup does help to enforce mm -hmm. when you're practicing it all the time. I feel it's kind of like um, like a kung fu or like kind of a fight club where you're always practicing, so yeah. you're always ready. Um, and going there, it's like a really good chance to, um, you have a bit of a fireside chat, you whiteboard mm. some things out, you might get to, to code some stuff as well. I would definitely bring a laptop, although I don't think it's necessarily required. Uh, anyway, 4.30 to 7 over at Decentral, 4.36 West Pender. Then uh, we have from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., Lighthouse Labs has their demo day. This is uh, number 300, 128 West Hastings. If you're interested in seeing what the uh, the next generation of developers has been up to before mm -hmm. they hit this, the, the streets looking for jobs, um, go check it out. This is going to be fun. No need to bring your laptop. No, but you, there is a registration link there. You should RSVP at their Picatick site. There you go. And then we have this uh, Code and Coffee from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. over at Mobify uh, headquarters, 300 uh, Homer Street. Have you been out to Code and Coffee, James? Oh, have, yeah. Right? I think I haven't missed yeah. one in a long time. Oh, is that but, right? Uh, so you yeah. go like, quite regularly? Yeah. I hear you say good things about this, and yeah. uh, it seems like it should be pretty fun. Yeah, so you get uh, 6.30, drink coffee, eat Timbits, and mingle. Yeah. So that sounds fun. It's also wine. It doesn't say that, but there is wine. Okay. Secret wine. Nice. Yeah. Well, not secret anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, not secret uh, anymore. And then there's some short talks. So we got Gavin Mogan giving a talk, uh, No Rest for the Wicked, How to Use Tricks and Tips to Build REST Servers. Oh, that sounds really fun. Mm -hmm. um, and then Abinia Walker is yeah. giving the Using the Hypervisor in Your Development Workflow. So that that's kind of neat. I guess that's um, uh, probably having to do with using things like uh, Vagrant and mm -hmm. um, Docker and whatever. I guess if you're on a, uh, a Mac, then you need to run that through a hypervisor. Yeah. But yeah, interesting. Sounds like it should be pretty fun. Both of these talks look really fun and really awesome. So definitely worth checking out. And then 7.30 p.m. work discussion period for technology passion projects. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then 8.30 p.m. Thank you, everyone. This sounds really cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's always great. It's at the uh, Mobify office there on Homer Street, yep. uh, 9848 Homer. It's uh, it's it's just awesome. It's so much fun. And it's I it was one of the first meetups I went to when I moved here because yeah. I was I lived down the street from there. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this sounds cool. It's close by, and I went there, and it's it's great. There's a lot of RSVPs as well. It says like 74 going. Yeah. Um, see how how many people actually turn up. But that's a great space, and uh, it sounds like a great meetup. I don't know why I haven't been to it, and I should probably go and check that out. Yeah. Cool. All right, and that rounds out our Thursday. Then we got Friday. Um, this is something. I thought it was pretty cool. So the public cloud user group uh, had posted, you have to um, uh, click the Picatick link to, to register. And uh, this is neat. It's starting from like uh, eight in the morning, I think till about noon. Mm -hmm. And there's also a, a free showing of the new Star Trek movie, which I yeah. thought was really neat too. I saw that too. I wasn't yeah. sure if that was if that was uh, on purpose or not. I think, oh, that's you, weird. On purpose? Like, like sometimes, oh, Matt, sometimes Matt will say like things, like kind of joke things like, um, see how laptops swim. And you're like, what? Mm -hmm. And it's that's because he has this demonstration where he dumps a laptop in water to show you that it, he can recover it. Right. Like some of those type of things. I'm, mm -hmm. I think, I guess he literally means the Star Trek Beyond movie, but well, that's yeah, pretty it's cool. Well, yeah, Scotiabank Theater, so it yeah. definitely is. Um, and this looks like a nice half day for you know, a hybrid cloud, are you ready? Um, and I'm, I, I, I did sign up. I'm definitely planning on going. Um, I'm quite interested in this meetup in general and cloud stuff, so it should be awesome. Then the last event we have is the block party from Brain Station. Their this, one year anniversary. Kind of, yeah, they've got their one year anniversary already. Uh, this is happening on the 22nd on Friday from 6:30 to 9 p.m. So there is an RSVP to purchase your ticket, uh, and that is twenty dollars. 
Um, and the block party is, it's just, it's a monthly event that they have at BrainStation. Um, I don't know if it's very tech related, to be honest. And the last time that I went to one of their block parties, I didn't have a lot of fun because nobody was talking tech and it was more like uh, art and cheese and wine. So mm -hmm. if you're into that, then that might be pretty fun. On the other hand, it is BrainStation's one year anniversary. So maybe go by and give them a nice, uh, already welcome and a yay. Yo, thanks for, for helping make Vancouver great. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and that's our meetups around town. All right, and we're here with our special guest, Calv, which Calvier Sandu. That's right. So do you go by Calvier or Calv? Calv. Uh, I know you by Calv. Okay. Yeah, it, it does throw people off because it's not one of those common names that people know how to shorten. It's kind of like me as well. Like um, I've got Andrew on all like my official stuff. With the, like the CRA, for example, knows me by Andrew, mm. but I go by Drew. And that kind yeah. of throws people off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time in Korea and people there, they're like, Drew, ha ha ha, that sounds funny. So I went by Andrew there as well. And so I got a whole, uh, like 10 years of people who knew me by Andrew. Yeah, no, it oh, goes by Calv. It's nice and easy. I get all of the uh, the Twitter handles and the Instagram handles because there's no one else registers K-A-L-V. That's sweet. It's nice and easy. <laughs> so yeah. Awesome. Um that's pretty cool. So tell us a little bit about your experiences as of late with Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. I just loaded it up about five minutes ago and it crashed. Yeah, it did. Yeah. The um, servers are down, I guess. The servers are down. What do you think about that? The game? Yeah. Uh, All I about the servers being down. Uh, the servers <laughs> being down. Um, you know, a little tear came, started yeah. forming in the eye. Yeah. Well, how many, um, how many uh, software projects do you think launched and were, uh, had as much traffic as Twitter within a week? Uh, and we're expecting that. Yeah, no, there is only a handful. Yeah, I mean, are there, there even? It's like, yeah, I think maybe well, healthcare.gov. Yeah, you could Something probably like mention like four or five I can think of. Okay. Um, I mean, I know Flickr had issues early on as well. Like, mm -hmm. you know, anything of large scale at the time, right. relative to what is scale, yeah, yeah, you know, has problems, right? Makes sense. Yeah. Um, delicious. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm now. Talking about my age. <laughs> Do you think maybe the problem was that they weren't anticipating as much pirating as they got? Because I mean, like, there's all these people in Canada using it when it's technically not available. You have to download the APK. I don't believe and stuff. that's pirating. Or it's yeah. maybe uh, it's just beta, beta testing. Yeah. So the beta questions. is being is being released in maybe places that they weren't expecting. Like they weren't expecting that. I think they're just getting way more traffic than they were expecting, and I think they're yeah. handling it pretty well as well. Like my my only errors or issues with it are, you know, server servers are down right now, so come back later, and mm. yeah. that that I can totally deal with. And I'm like, yeah, it's popular; everybody's using it. Okay. Oh no, yeah. and it's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so, had you ever played uh, the other game, Ingress? Nope. No, had you ever even seen or heard of it? Nope. That's kind of interesting. I had a little bit, and I thought it was okay, but. Um, yeah. I'm really glad that they did make that just so they have all the points where um, I have my Pokemon gems. And gotcha. I have, yeah. No, I, I just literally only downloaded it to see what the hell it was about. But uh -huh. what I find fascinating about it is that uh, uh, pff, it's been, what, 10 years that people have been trying to play with geolocation gaming? Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, a ton of people have tried this. And it just happened to be that because it's Pokemon, boom. Yeah. Right, and and they also added in that you know the augmented reality element. I think that's the wow factor. Like, yeah. yo, oh, you can see where I am right now. There's this yeah. object there, yeah. and there's a thing there. Whereas I think the other games that launched and uh -huh. even like Foursquare kind of attempts to even Ingress. gamify it. It's just mm -hmm. there was no there was no the end game. You just clicked on something or yeah. you captured something. We 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 worked on a project in London called Chrome. Um, I've forgotten the name of it. I was going to say Chromorama, but it might be that. 
it was to play a game with the Oyster cards uh, mm-hmm. to capture the stations. Um, oh. So the Oyster card check-ins, uh, we would then connect the API data overnight to like see which stations you get. Oh, wow. That's yeah. cool. And like, the idea would be we would try and capture all the stations. This great, great individual we worked with in England kind of came to us to build it. But that was like the similar nature. Um, did it take off? Was it interesting? Yes, it had like a, a niche group of people play with it. But, it mm. but there was no like fancy kind of video overlay type thing it was just you just check you know you're swiping your oyster card similar to the similar to the compass card here in, in vancouver right? maybe it's mm-hmm. a benefit it's the sort of the cross of the hardware's good enough now and the geolocation's good enough and ar is at a point it's like all these Super things are fun. meeting and people have data yeah, yeah people have data that's yeah. an awesome one or a really yeah. big one <laughs> i'm just waiting for like the the groupon game of hunting coupons in the city (laughs) to come out or some random something like that because you could just see now like this fast follow of everything that's going to come out that's a good idea we'll edit that out and i'll take that (laughs) Uh, and i said it here on the (laughs) yeah it does seem pretty interesting so um so cal you're ceo of brew house um and brew house has been around for how long now uh coming up to two and a half years two and a half years okay why don't you tell us a little bit of what led up to brew house and uh what it's been like starting uh and running brew sure so brew house um we're a a product design and development studio um and we the history i guess you know kind of almost started when i moved to vancouver Mm -hmm. um when i moved to vancouver um from london i decided I wanted to work with well, an amazing team. I want to work with great designers, great developers. I, you know, I have this huge passion to want to create the best environment for these types of individuals to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I care a lot about you know the process, the the discussions, the conversation, the original XP principles of software development, not the you know whether it's agile, flow, tooling, like the, you know mm-hmm. the core principles elements that you know thought works and people that are kind of prompted a long long time ago so then when i explored some of the companies some of the startups it became quite obvious that it's you know for me at the time and for my exposure obviously i didn't know everyone it was it seemed easier to go form my own company um so at the time we formed a javascript analytics solution like product company it was called caliper mm-hmm. um and the team we built around that you know was very small and uh, to bootstrap it to to you know buy us time to raise the capital we ended up working with clients in town people i'd met um so it so the like the starting the original kind of some of the things we still do today started back then almost with with that with that firm um we and that's when godfrey joined joined us and godfrey chan i don't know if most of the listeners probably know of him i, uh, I would yeah. say most of them probably right. do and if not they should he showed up yeah. in two meetups last week yes, yes he did speaking, he was yeah. he was flying through town and yeah. i think Everyone he said, hey, meet up for a coffee. Like, well, can you speak at our meetup then too? Yeah. Like, uh, I, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought he graciously did that. But um, so then, but then like we we tried raising capital. I said try because uh, there was a lot of different um, learning there about funding here in, in the landscape. So and, what was it like raising capital? What did you learn? What were some of the um, obstacles you had to overcome? And um, you? I think we were fortunate to have a product um, that was riding an emerging market. The The term of front-end developer was just being born. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think of that job title, it only came into existence probably four or five years ago mm-hmm. um, because, you know, JavaScript, jQuery, 
developer type hackers have turned into now application developers. They yeah. need to build apps now that run through JavaScript. So they need monitoring, they need testing, they need all these other infrastructure kind of elements. And there was no monitoring solution for an application running in the browser. Mm -hmm. So we we were lucky to just throw our, our libraries and our code base to, you know, companies like Square and you know, RDIO, who don't exist today, but still, like, mm -hmm. you know, we'd throw them these out, and they'd be like, this is great. We mm. don't have anything doing this. Awesome. When when can we run it? So when it came to funding, we could just be like, these are some of the people that are using it already. So, you know, we had some early traction, um, and that's more than most have. I think our difficulty stemmed to purely bad terms from local investors, mm -hmm. um, things that you wouldn't expect to see in an early round of investment, but then... What types of things? Uh, formation of a board, um, different kind of clawback terms, prefs, you know, certain things you just wouldn't expect at, at an early stage. Just they were harsher than you maybe would otherwise get. Well, so if you're else. raising an early round, you yeah. you know, early seed investment, you wouldn't expect to form a board. Right. Like, you know, I'll, I'll try hard not to, to cuss on it because it really riles me up. But like it you you want to get on with things you want to yeah. you know you want to ship as many things as you can you don't want to sit there managing a board at an early stage of a company so did you end up actually having a board for no no oh. we, so we so you obviously you know we we worked for i mean my co-founder at the time trevor worked really hard to try and push back on some of these terms um and um but we just couldn't accept it you know it was these things we couldn't do mm -hmm. um so then then the sf we did a you know we had a lot of bay area firms kind of open their doors but then wanted us to move to san francisco um and rightfully so their network is there their you know their environment is there the, mm -hmm. they can manufacture prop, you know luck almost because it's so, you know, yeah such a high density of talent and connections and everything else and so at the time uh actually moving shop to san francisco wasn't an option for it you? wasn't for me no like well i moved here mm -hmm. uh, and i've had the opportunities to move to san francisco in the past but i chose to move here mm. um i'm not a, i'm not one to quickly revert my decision and say okay well i'll say to my wife and my you know newborn child at the time like as you know so we had two kids now yeah but and be like, yeah, let's 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 move there now instead. So anyway, so we didn't. Uh, fast forward a little bit more. Um, the team I wanted to continue. I'd uh, I'd already lined up other engineers to join the team, but the funding didn't drop. So I wanted to still re retain that momentum. So that's when Brewhouse was formed. It, it, I went back to what I know best. Um, uh, my my uh, my co-founder at the time was moving on, so mm. I needed to step up and be the CEO. Um, and, and I said, well, let's go back to doing what I know best, which is agency, um, which is, I, I had some experience in London doing the same with a company called Go Free Range. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, and then that's what, uh, we ended up doing. So Brewhouse was formed and then we accelerated through the history of that. So that sounds pretty interesting. So for me, um, looking at Brewhouse, I came, uh, into the Vancouver scene, I guess about, um, probably when Brewhouse was still quite new, six months, maybe, uh, something like that. So I've been here. Now two and a half years, two years, two and a half years, um, and I've always seen Brewhouse as kind of a um, uh, like a hash rocket or a thoughtbot, uh, oh. but local. And um, you know, I see that as a, a real uh, kind of an asset that we have. Um, I see it as a big, obviously, really big in the in the Ruby community. Um, you've been quite big, I think. Uh, Godfrey did Godfrey start the Ember meetup? He he kicked that off, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just like a lot of really interesting people uh, in and around Brewhouse, and a lot of great contributions. Um, and then also, I was really excited when we saw 
there was the internship program starting and I thought that might be, you know, yeah. now we're going to start really seeing this. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the growth like there? What's the, the culture like? Is this something, am I correct in, in seeing this and viewing this as like a hash rocket or ThoughtBot or somewhere where, you know, yeah. they're, they're um, bringing on developers and, and really producing some great stuff? Uh, well, I guess, first of all, like, thanks. I, mean, like, <laughs> I wouldn't think, I mean, you know, we, we're working hard to be known as a great firm. Right. Um, and we the one difference that's happened in the last year is we've brought on great designers mm-hmm. uh, to really, like, up our game. I and, mean, you know, Pat Dreiber joined us uh, coming over to a year, just went over a year now mm-hmm. um, as our design director um, and to get better at shipping products. Right. But I think... Um, where we're focusing our time now and our general goals is we're we're not scaling to be a service company at, at you know and the, the size of things. Mm-hmm. We're trying to be lean, stay profitable. <clears throat> excuse me, and um, and then um, look to building out revenue lines on product. Speaking of which, so we see uh, good bits. Yes, tell us a little bit about that. I've recently yeah. seen um, uh, an email. Come out of good bits on, uh, I guess, a monetizing strategy or yep. a new monetizing strategy. Did, did you unsubscribe for it? That's the question. I did, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, the the um, no offense to good bits. That's uh, I unsubscribed from it for my uh, personal email, but I will subscribe to it for my no, work email because I actually think of it. I've uh, spent the past two weeks. I mentioned this last time on the show. Uh, I've been going through all this, uh, unsubscribing everything that I'm not reading. So I did. Ha ha. Mm, uh-oh <laughs> called out i did yeah no like i was i was thinking about that when i was listening to your last episode um right. <laughs> yeah, i was like oh I don't, I don't know how how am i gonna pitch good bits to these guys yeah, yeah. uh good bits is um is our is our email newsletter mm-hmm. tool it started off as a way we saw a rise of people creating these kind of matamark daily roundup emails mm-hmm. um and you and at the time we wanted to create a html5 weekly roundup this is pre brew house we had caliper mm. and we wanted to do like a roundup of everything you know web app slash javascript library roundup mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and peter cooper do you know uh, peter cooper on the web he's in england uh he runs like the javascript weekly there's like ruby weekly there's a couple of other like uh newsletters that they run mm. uh, very sounds very really good. familiar but i'm thinking of like <clears throat> but they, uh, adam cooper jen cooper oh okay adam yes cooper. yeah there's so many other people. <laughs> um anyway he he uh they they run um, these newsletters mm-hmm. and they're popular. You know, lots of people read them. So we saw this trend and we realized that we want to be able to um, build these newsletters very easily. Mm-hmm. We didn't like Mailchimp uh, as developers, right? So it's like so it's like give give developers a marketing problem and it's like we'll over optimize it, right? It's like <laughs> mm-hmm. what what do you mean we have to write words in this editor when we already have this in a queue here? Um, so we ended up just using um, you know, API munging and whatever, and just automatically build a newsletter and automatically send it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we launched GoodBits to allow you to collect this content very easily with a Chrome extension. We add, you can add feeds. So, the, you know, you focus on the content of the marketing versus the actual composition or the templates. Right. You know, that's all automatic and that's done for you. Just as you're saying this now, I can imagine a lot of applications for the, the company I'm currently working with. I can't actually talk about what we're doing, but I do see right now, um, probably in, in the next two to three months, we'd really want to start showing that to our customers, showing what's going on in the industry and mm-hmm. what's happening. And I see right now we have, um, I think we're calling it Marketplace as a, a, an internal Slack channel that we have where we're posting all this thing, all these things from 
um, you know, different news articles, different things that are happening within our industry that are relevant to what we're doing. And we want everyone on the team to kind of see like these two or three or four different articles that are, of something that's happened today. And that might be a perfect thing to use to build out this kind of... Uh, <coughs> yeah, I think like GoodBits is... Um, and then it blew up like mm -hmm. from there. Like people wanted to send from the platform directly and not through MailChimp. People wanted landing pages. So where we are now with the product and where, we, where we're taking it is that GoodBits is the place for you individually or as a team or a marketing team or agencies to manage your content. So to collect it, curate it. Um, and that's the key part, that curation, because uh, marketing today is a combination of your, the original content you create, but also what you curate, mm -hmm. um, putting it together um, and then sending these issues. But then the issues is the distribution part. And mm -hmm. where marketing is going is that it's not just email. You're distributing content over social media. You're distributing yeah. content over publishing mechanisms like Medium or WordPress or whatever it is. Um, so we're now thinking of expanding that notion of, you know, GoodBits is a hub that allows you to manage the content, collect it, curate it, and then distribute it whatever way you please. Hmm. Um, and to, to do that, we've obviously, we're now working on like, we're adding an API. Uh, we know a number of customers who just extract content out of an application that they need to put in a newsletter. Um, so we're trying to make that a bit more seamless, uh, you know, discuss the comment yep. uh, plugin that they use us for like a, what were the most popular commented threads awesome. in the week? Whereas, yeah. like that, could be just done automatically via an API. Yeah. So, so yeah. how does um how does the success, I guess, uh, and current and ongoing success of GoodBits affect um, Brewhouse? And how do you manage sort of what sort of priority um, each part gets? Yeah, it, it, it's when when and whenever. So, Brewhouse is formed as a company where the profit don't go in my pocket, right? It's not like a lifestyle business where it's an agency where we cut dividends out to the shareholders at the end of the year. We reinvest that profit into the product that we're working on. Mm -hmm. um, so what does that mean? If we have a good quarter, uh, we then can invest a bit more time in the next quarter mm -hmm. towards the product versus the service. As the revenue start growing with good bits, we can then start siphoning off like a resource a dedicated resource a dedicated product manager a dedicated dev designer and then the, and that's that's the structure that's the strategy mm -hmm. that we're playing um and the reason for that is we're still trying to stay bootstrapped we right. we don't you know uh, we're trying very hard to not you know be dissuaded from this notion that we could raise capital um and yes it's slower growth it's mm -hmm. not as some good bits is not going to become this huge growth business in a year it might take two years uh, from where we are even still today since we've been investing in it but mm -hmm. and we just have to be, accept that uh, fate i guess so two and a half years uh, of brew house being around as, as an agency um and how many how many products like GoodBits have you uh, have you launched or tried to go through um GoodBits is the one that stuck around the most right. and we've invested most of our time on it's also worth mentioning that we um, got IRAP funding for it as well um, for those that are listening you know BC government is Canada actually is great um, programs to help fund innovation and IRAP helped us that mm -hmm. with that um, and uh, we've built a couple of other hacks and small products we did a lot of like chat based systems We've done, we did a Roundup Roger, which is a, a Slack bot. We did this a year ago, a long time ago, actually, where it would ask you, what did you do today? And you oh, just yeah. reply to it, and then it would send a summary to a channel. Yeah. Um, well, GoodBits we, has been around over a year, hasn't it? Yeah. 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 I mean, we, yeah, it's, it's, it would be in like small private 
platform for a little while. I think while, Brent was then... using it for the React uh, newsletter yep. for a while. Yeah, so. that's right. I th- does he still use it? I think I'm he not sure he Okay. Or maybe he hasn't. I, yeah. <laughs> I used to. I, I used to actually him. used to run an agency, and I feel like every agency wants to build a product. Mm-hmm. Like, we tried, like, three times, I think, to, mm-hmm. like, make something and, like, have do exactly what you're saying. Like, as you take on this client work, you're trying to also build this product on the side, and, and you're trying to budget time for that project or that product. Um, we found it really hard to, like, because you do have to make a decision between choosing a new project or maybe working on an existing project and working on the product, especially when you only have so many people and you are not you don't have this funding that you can just draw from whenever you need to. You have to build, take a big project in order to work on your product. How do you sort of balance that? Or is there a strategy there that you found? Uh, just do it all. Uh, just do it all. Yeah, that's um, what we tried. <laughs> no, I, I mean... There, there is no um, specific formula, but I think the key, the key things we did set out when we formed Brewhouse was we needed to start building product early. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's not. So I've done this before, right? Like, so my previous agency in London, mm-hmm. Go Free Range, we tried to build and ship products too, um, and I think the 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 problem we face then is you need momentum. You need to continue working on a product, mm-hmm. um, so you need a constant. So you need a champ, you need a product owner. Mm-hmm. And and we're fortunate to have me as the product owner because I'm a developer, I'm a slash designer, slash product manager. Like it's 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 yeah. therefore I'm constant on it. Okay. Um, which is one good thing, but then it's also uh, you know, a bad thing because um if I spend too much time on that area with the resources that are on it or no resources, mm-hmm. then this, the rest of the business, you know, brew houses, its service side and the revenue, the majority of the revenue comes from can suffer. Um, we talked about a, a bit of this stuff on our Brewhouse podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone out there wants to listen to some of those episodes, check it out. But otherwise, we'll put like, a link down below. Yeah, yeah, but like so we because we're trying to share a number of these things mm-hmm. and we're sharing a number of our challenges. Like just our latest episode that's going to go up next week is about cash flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because you know how do you cash flow the service side of things yeah. and like manage that? And you have to be really on top of it mm-hmm. because if I'm going to say okay for the next three iterations we're going to have two devs and a designer working on it what's the impact on our overall business? And we need to have an outlook for like, not like month to month, mm-hmm. as most startups are, but like, no, what's the outlook going to impact us in three months from now? Yeah, a lot of agencies don't necessarily have their client's credit card that they can just charge at the end of the month. They send an invoice, the invoice gets put into pay or the payments, and then the payment comes out like sometimes 45 days later. Yeah, so we figure out how to and that's And that's what we've optimized. Yeah. So we, we our payment terms are 14 days. Yeah uh and aggress- they're quite aggressive yeah uh, but yeah you know you we've done the work for you you pay yeah exactly. um, i mean and we we also ask for uh, a booking fee up front yeah um, down payments yeah and yeah. stuff like that so it's it's all part of um structuring the cash flow a little bit more easily yeah. and predictable i've heard a lot of people um say if you're thinking of uh doing an agency don't do an agency uh, <laughs> it's because it's a lot of work and really hard yeah. and i think more agencies seem to um have failed than be successful but for the past two and a half years um we've seen brewhouse seemingly at least do quite well um yeah we see some really interesting people i think um when godfrey was there we had a, a core contributor to rails um philippe and he is uh, quite active in active admin. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he still is, but he had yeah. quite a bit of, of contributions to that. And uh, it's quite interesting to see this. And I think that's one of the things um, for the dev community looking at a, a company, seeing seeing the contributions in our dev community. So you know, in that so case, it's it's well, it's one of our values. Yeah. Uh, one of our values is to give back, mm-hmm. um, and we try and promote everyone to give back in some shape or f- form. 
Um, and we hire passionate people. And if you're really passionate about what you do, it becomes quite natural for you to want to go grab a coffee with someone in the industry. And this is formed from the way I operate. I love giving back. Um, I think it's been bred into me as a, as a young child. Um, mm. I'm Sikh. So part of Sikhism is like to give unconditionally. Um, and so it is hard because sometimes always people would look at it and go, well, what do you want in return? Yeah. But there never really is. I mean, this is also why I run the Ruby meetup. I picked it up right from the early get-go and people right. were like oh did you do that because it's a lead funnel for brew house or whatever it's like it's not i right it's purely because there is no there was no ruby community uh, mm-hmm. as much because sunny didn't have time to continue it i don't know if you know um prior sunny uh, was the organizer of the ruby meetup mm-hmm. he keeps it too busy in his company so it's like well i'll do it i'll, mm-hmm. I'll run it right. that was literally it um and i believe that like having a community uh, a good connected community can form lots of other connections and lots of other goodness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the primary purpose. But giving, and then and then comes back to our value. Um, so, we, and the other thing we do is we have Friday time. So, mm-hmm. we don't we our working week with clients is only four days. So uh, we do a thirty hour week, and that, and the same applies to a product that we're working on. So if mm-hmm. if a developer is working on good bits for that week, they do a four day week too. Mm-hmm. So that the Friday is left as time for us to do either retrospectives, us to do team roundups, to do demos, to share what we've learned, mm. um, and or just work on a side project. Or, or And so Godfrey used a lot of his time to work on Rails issues. Uh, Gabe, who used to work with us for a while, um, used to spend that time working on his open source projects and some of the talks that he was preparing. Like, that's our, like, giving back as well as a company to mm-hmm. say to these individuals, you can do you know, things that you're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been trying to refine that and learn. And it's still not perfect. And right. there's lots of issues with it still. But it's our attempt to try and harvest and kind of... It sounds really cool. Um, and also, I think you uh, you played around at least with the, the idea of an internship. Um, apprenticeship, yeah. Apprenticeship. Yeah. Um, and I think you had one uh, apprentice that you took on. Yes. And um, that seemed to go pretty well we we were going to have another one but Mm -hmm. he was too good so we just hired him uh he didn't need to go through an apprenticeship program right (laughs) that's alex yeah 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 Uh, Yeah. which is pretty interesting so that's i guess a sneak preview at uh we had a couple of people (laughs) we had a couple of people uh on the show from from code core we wanted to have uh students from each of the boot camps yeah and then do a year later follow-up okay where are they now um, and so I guess well, there's a sneak peek at where he's yeah. going to be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. This is still not a year. <laughs> yeah. Yet, but yeah. yeah. Alex, better keep his keep his yeah, game exactly. up. Yes, yeah. Alex, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. So are there any plans uh, going forward um, to continue with an apprenticeship program? Uh, yes. Uh, we're gonna. The next is um, Pat's keen to do a design apprenticeship, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's just a question of when. I think this year. Uh, we originally set out the year thinking, oh, we can keep scaling up. and mm-hmm. uh, But I think because our end game is to be driven more from product, right. we have to stay lean and not be, and this is more of an, uh, uh, as a business owner, as CEO, to be dissuaded by this notion of b- bigger means better. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, we have to have 20 people. We need to get a bigger office or mm-hmm. this, this, that. It's, no, I think, you know, staying staying small is still okay. I always right. found that with creative work, the more people you have, the much harder it is to have that creativity because there's always there's there's usually devil's advocate and that can be a good thing. But I find that the more people you have on one project, the harder it becomes to make it unique 
it ends up just being a compilation of past experience from all those people. It, 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 I never heard anyone say like, oh, I'm glad I picked the biggest company to make this creative thing. Well, yeah. It's usually those well, small niche companies that do pe- that. People work. are people. Yeah. People come with their own thinking, come with their own expectations, yeah. their own drivers. Um, and the more you have, the more the more management, the more overhead you need. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And I think we're still figuring it out. I mean, we've got a lot to learn. Um, and, you know, even though we've got our values and we've got our process and stuff, it's got still problems with it. And I think that's another reason to stay small until we figure it out and, mm-hmm. and fix core issues before you scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and get big and then all of a sudden those things that were you know caused an issue person to leave or whatever it was or a person not to join you, you don't have a chance to like remedy that and then they just get bigger mm-hmm. um so how, so how many people are on the uh, brew house team the, we're, we're a team of eight eight yeah are you currently hiring uh nope no, I, 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 I think you hear me at the beginning of the Ruby meetup. So if you ever do, as I always say, we're not hiring, but it's kind of a joke. I think everyone always is hiring. Mm-hmm. I'm always happy to talk to people, and I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not actively hiring. Um, I, to date, I have had a general theme that I've sought people that I want to join, mm-hmm. um, and I've also been trying very hard to increase the diversity of the team. Right. Um, so we had a very harsh rule put in place um, that we, the next hire, um, we've been, you know, I think it's been very difficult to like enforce it and be like, you know, the next hire has to increase the diversity of the team. And if it yeah. isn't, then we're not going to hire them. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a kind of interesting thing. But... Like, um, I, I was uh, actually out for... Um, Went for beer after a, uh, um, I think it was the Android meetup, and Brent actually gave a, a talk on um, a, kind of a workshop for using React Native for building Android apps. And uh, so three of us ended up going out and we're talking. It's like, you know, it just happens to be coincidence that we're all living comfortable lives working as developers as three white males. Yeah. That's just coincidental. And I was thinking, is it really, though? Is it really? And, and how do you, um, yeah, how do you say, like something like yeah. this, like let's let's make sure we have diversity. So no white males. So now all of a sudden, is it exclusive? Or... I think, but I think everyone at the top, yeah. every CEO out there has to literally say or enforce it. And if yeah. they don't, like, I've been struggling with it because, like, if I say it that way, right. then the business cannot succeed mm-hmm. unless I fix this issue. Which mm-hmm. means, what do I need to do to fix this issue? Right. It means, okay, I might need to go spend way more time working with some of the other groups that are around in the town. Mm-hmm. I need to go and mentor more people, um, you know, and, and that's effort on my part, um, like, you know, explicitly effort, not like things that just happen implicitly. And that's the natural way of things, right. going out of breaking the norm, doing things that are outside of everyone's comfort zone mm-hmm. to do something differently. And if we're not doing that, then it's not going to change. What's the whole thing about launching the spacecraft to the moon? We do it because it's hard, not because it's easy. Yeah. Right? There's like a challenge, and that yeah. challenge is and you, you have, have to a, set that. Yeah. yeah. If you have that challenge yeah. and that's really difficult, you have a lot of yeah. decisions to make, or mm-hmm. you have to take the time to meet that challenge. And it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I'm, you know, and still today I'm finding it very difficult. But yeah, I mean, we're getting me pat and philippe as like you know kind of execs i guess in the group we're very keen to try and like make it make that change Mm -hmm. um because we're worried in the way you said brew house is being seen as a hash rocket and Mm -hmm. whatever you know and it is firm in town well we better fix this 
Because if people are looking to us as what the company needs to be, well, we're broken. Don't mm-hmm. be like us. Do you think Canada <laughs> has like a... on the team page. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, do you think Canada has almost like a little bit of an easier time because Canada is so diverse? Like um, I've talked to people that were maybe visiting um, uh, that guy, Joe, that we talked to who went to Asia. He said that it was so strange because he's, he's Canadian. He's from, uh, I think he's from rural Ontario. And even there, he said, like, it's a pretty diverse place. But when he went to, there was, like, he was at a train station in Japan or something. He said, I was, like, one of the only guy, only white guys there. Yeah. Which is, like, really strange because if you walk out on the streets of Vancouver right here, just Robson down the street from where we are, then, you know, you see all types of people. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's I mean, like, to totally a certain different. extent, like, we've, we're doing quite well. I mean, look mm-hmm. at me. I'm a, a British Indian <laughs> uh, moved to sure. Canada. Um, you know, we've got people from Philippines, from France. We've had people come through from Hong Kong, yeah. like different backgrounds. But like, just 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 clearly say the issue that you know we're talking about here. When I say diversity, mm-hmm. the major diverse issue is you know the females in right. the group, the women. Right. Uh, and you know, how can we great create great products when we don't have a different perspective yeah. in the group? There is a. Um, I think um, James brings up a good point that there is a good group, a good amount of diversity in Vancouver. However, um, that doesn't necessarily change societal pressures and mm-hmm. or encouragements of mm-hmm. you know certain behaviors over others toward yeah. certain with with gender biases. Something that actually took me uh, kind of by surprise. I was listening to the um, the Bike Shed podcast uh, and they interviewed Sandy Metz, um, and she was talking about you know how she kind of giving her first talks at uh, Rails Conference and, you know, getting into writing a book leading up to that wasn't so much because she had all these things to say and all these ideas and was a prolific writer and wanted to do things. It was because of an incredible amount of encouragement from people around her that really almost pushed her into doing that. And I think that's something um, we need to start overcompensating. You know, we need to start saying, uh, you know, you know, like we all, I think we all know um, that in in software development, something that's actually, it's hard. Software development is hard. And that's a hard thing. And it's not easier, I think, for white males than for anybody else. Um, it might be because people expect it of you. And I think for me, um, I don't consider myself to be a very good developer. I try, I struggle a lot, and I learn a lot, and I get around, I, I, I kind of get things done. But I don't consider myself um, like super talented or a natural. And I think it's just really, really, it's really hard. It's mm-hmm. really hard stuff. And we really have to push ourselves. And I kind of hate it when people are like, oh, it's so easy. And, and you know, a lot of things, once you realize it, they are yeah. really easy. Um, but we really have to, uh, you really have to kind of bulldoze over your insecurities. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that um, trying to hide that from other people and say it's, it's easy doesn't help anyone. And I think that maybe encouraging people as well uh, might help. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the, what the solution yeah, and is. Yeah, I mean, we're still figuring it out. Yeah. I, I think the key thing is just putting it on the agenda and making sure we're trying to do something about it. I mm-hmm. think whereas, you know, a year ago, we're focused on trying to just get the business better, the people better, the quality, you know, et cetera. Right. Whereas if it's not an agenda item, yeah. then you're not really going to I think one of the that. things is that this job, uh, type of job is so new that I think you have these people that are going for those those jobs that are maybe just, they're just new jobs. They're, they require different types of skills. They require a different upbringing. If you, if you became a developer, you know, in your 20s and you hadn't touched a computer before, you might not be the same level as someone that was in their 20s that had a computer since they were a baby. The whole uh, Malcolm Gladwell book there about Bill Gates being who he is because he spent 10,000 hours on a computer and he was one of the only people in the entire country who was able to get that much time on a computer. And they became this person because of that. 
I think when you grew up, maybe you grew up and you had no internet or something, you might be a little bit behind. You might not be able to measure that, but there might be some hidden thing there that you're not able to see. Whereas people that are, if you have a, as, as this job gets, gets more mature and as the environment changes, Canada gets more internet coverage, the education changes, all these different things, the access to technology is way different than it was even just 10 years ago. Uh, you, I think you might see that diversity problem going away a little bit, or at least mm, leveraging that as you have more access, like you can go to the library right now, the Vancouver Public Library, get on a computer. Maybe. You know? I mean, like I say maybe only just because, um, I, yeah, I think maybe people um, were just a bit harsh. Um, mm. We don't empathize enough. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite easy for that hacker that comes naturally to look right. at another person and go, oh, you just, you, you, you did a boot camp yeah. and you think you know this now? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Right, like I've been doing this since I was twelve, and then I did exactly. a side degree, and then I did yeah. this. And it, but that mindset, those people, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. If that if that shifts and changes, yeah, then maybe perhaps. Um, so it's like you know you're standing beside a person who's who's yeah. on the other side of the world, but you but, both had a computer so, when you were no, baby, we, and all so I've seen stuff. it. I mean, yeah. you know, I came out of a comp sci degree, and I naturally joined teams in London mm -hmm. uh, that had only done comp sci degrees, and there was this this kind of. Um, negativity towards those that learned code in the bedroom yeah right yeah um and and i think uh, you it, it, there is some truth in it i'm not saying every, there is some truth in it in the sense it depends on the position the person the job the, the experience mm -hmm. but i have met some great talented developers that have yeah. figured it out themselves uh, -huh. uh and you shouldn't knock them right like yeah um, but there are those that, you, you could you know, even go the other way and say you know if somebody's put the effort in to learn um, things and maybe it's the math, maybe it's the science, maybe it's the the computing. Um, that that that's maybe a more qualified person because they would do it by themselves even without yeah. that. But it's just I know a lot of yeah. CTOs still today, yeah. uh, globally wherever they might be that I've through through whatever connections is that they would still mm -hmm. advocate. I'm going to hire comp psych people. Yeah, right. they have this kind of like oh, if I get someone with a comp psych background, mm -hmm. oh yeah, like. It's going to be unreal. It's I think something we, we can't discount or shouldn't discount is that, um, you know, if you grew up in, in the 80s or the 90s, you were looking at books. You know, you were you were lucky if you had uh, books access to a computer at home. <laughs> yeah. You're looking yeah. at uh, books. Yeah. And yeah. whereas now, you know, we have um, like Coursera, we have Udacity, mm -hmm. we have all this stuff available at our fingertips that the actual ability to learn um, and to, to consume. Yeah, I can remember when I finished my degree in 2003 mm -hmm. from Southampton University it was the UCS department. Um, Tim Berners-Lee just took over yeah. that. And it was all about semantic web and the web and mm -hmm. distributed systems. It mm -hmm. was great for, for where I am today in the web. Mm -hmm. um, but basically... Um, so you went to university and you had Tim Berners-Lee around? Yeah, well, I didn't talk to him. No, oh, okay. no, hell no. <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. But he just so the the, the uh, final year they changed a lot of modules to kind of uh, talk about RDF and semantic web and things. Mm -hmm. um, and what what um, the, the 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 what I was going to mention though is that the yeah I have lost my track of thought because I just started thinking of semantic web. I uh, know. Yeah, it's a very pretty fascinating subject. So I actually really wanted to backtrack to good bits a little bit or something related to that. Um, I, I, something I've heard quite a few times or seen written or, or whatever, email is dead. Yes. Um, so what do, what do you think about that? What does that mean? And how does that relate or does it relate to good bits? Um, email's not dead. Uh, I'll keep this short and quick. Um, the email has only started to be adopted by the majority of the world, if you think mm -hmm. of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, think about your mom and dad or the the, uh, the other generations that didn't get technology. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is going to die, yeah, sure. But like, and I think when people say it's dead, it mean, they're saying that there's a better way. There's other ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the ways still might not be the right way. Absolutely. Okay, well, Kelv, um, I want to thank you very much for being on the Vancouver Tech Podcast. If people want to reach out to you or yeah. um, talk to you at some of the meetups, what meetups do you regularly attend and or run? Uh, and how do they get a hold of you? Sure. Um, so just tweet me at, at Kalf mm-hmm. or email me, calv at brewhouse.io. Or maybe um, YVRDev. Or yeah, y- at Calv. Yeah, Calv at vanruby.org. There's a number of email addresses, but um, you can get hold of me. There's ways. It's yeah, on the internet. Just email might be you know yeah. email's dying you're gonna get rid of your email soon <laughs> yeah, so you know you might know, have exactly. it yeah. <laughs> facebook twitter yeah emails, i don't know uh, snapchat yeah. pokemon uh, go Just catch yeah. on pokemon go um but uh, i run the ruby meetup um we've had a bit of a hiatus for a while mm-hmm. but it's back nice. um we're going to be running regular monthly meetups um awesome. the great crowd turned out last week to see godfrey we're going to keep doing that um i you're gonna keep having godfrey <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i'll fly him down <laughs> yeah. uh and um no i sometimes cover I, i'm more at the startup uh meetups in town um but yeah if you want some advice or grab a coffee just reach out to me cool awesome thanks Cal. thanks for listening to another episode of the vancouver tech podcast check out our website vancouvertechpodcast.ca rate and subscribe on itunes much appreciated you can follow us on Twitter, Van Tech Podcast. Feel free to leave some comments below. You can also hit us up on the YPR Dev, the Vancouver Tech, the Van Tech Slacks. I'm at James. And I'm at Drew. Special thanks to Same Room for hooking us up with an integration that allows us to have a cross-team Slack channel, Van Devs. Do you have a meetup that you want us to plug? Email us, show at vancouvertechpodcast.ca. Music by A Shell in the Pit from the game Parkitect. See you at one of the meetups around, around town. town.